friends, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the Gospel according to Luke. And we're ready for chapter 4 today, which deals with the temptation of Jesus. And then this proclamation that he makes in the synagogue. And uh, so those are the main themes uh, for today. And uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of uh, scripture, uh, Old Testament scripture references uh, that are littered throughout this entire uh, chapter here, which is really true for just about every New Testament, uh, whether it be the Gospels, whether it be epistles, uh, they're just full of quoting the Old Testament. And a lot of times people don't understand what's being said because they don't know what's written uh, before. And, um, you know, especially when we're talking about prophecy and things like that, if you can understand the Old Testament, if you know what happened, then some of the symbolism and things make sense. But I, dig I digress. Let's just take a look. We're going to read from the King James Bible. We're ready for Luke chapter 4. Let's begin. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it should be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And uh, Jesus' quote, what he's doing here when he's dealing with this temptation from the devil is he's quoting Deuteronomy. So the devil throws out a temptation. Jesus then will resist it using the word of God, all three coming from Deuteronomy. Um, you know, the scriptures talk about how the word is our sword. And if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. This is how we are to fight this spiritual battle, is with the sword being the word of God. Um, and a lot of times this battle is, is happening in our minds and in our hearts, and it's an eternal battle. And you have to have the word of God kind of embedded in your heart, embedded in your brain. And you actually have to believe the word of God in order for it to be effective. But if you've if you've embedded the word in your heart and you and and you really believe that the words are true, then it is a great weapon in spiritual warfare. And that's what Jesus is doing there. He's being tempted, and so uh, the devil says, "Command the stones to become bread." And Jesus immediately goes to the scriptures. He's quoting Deuteronomy eight three, which says, "And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna." which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. That's Deuteronomy 8.3. Let's continue on with this temptation here. Verse 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee, 
and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be mine, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, a couple of interesting things, and I'll show you the quotes from Deuteronomy here. First thing to be that we have to be, we have to understand is that Satan is claiming that the kingdoms were given to him. Right? He says, and the devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. And Jesus doesn't refute that fact that Satan is in control of all these things. Now, the argument can be made, and I'm not going to get into the theological debate now, that that was all torn down at the cross, right? And that the kingdom was in the keys and all that was given back to Messiah. However, um, when we look at the world, that is not the experience that we see. Um, it seems, and listen, our feelings and how things appear are not always how things really are, but it, it appears that Satan is still ruling the world very well. Um, you know, there's some doctrines that believe that uh, we are already in the millennial reign, that the thousand-year reign is just symbolic for an undefined time that the church would rule, rule in the world. Um, Chuck Missler uh, the late Chuck Missler, some of you may remember him, and regardless of if you agree with everything he's ever said or not, he used to say, if because during the thousand-year reign, Satan is bound, and he used to say, if Satan's bound, then his chain's too long. And, um, you know, I, I can't help but kind of agree with that as we look at the world. Um, and, you know, I'm almost 39 years old, so I haven't been around for a whole lot of time, but I've been around a decent amount of time, and I've seen with my own eyes that the world is, can be a very dark and evil place. And we look at the times we're living in right now, and some of the plots and, and wickedness and evil that men and women in power are plotting and attempting to pull off right now, at this very moment, this very time in history, and you can't help but think... Maybe Satan still is in control. <laughs> I suppose time will tell. What we do know is that Messiah will reign, and so we have to determine whether or not we believe that his reign is now and that this is all symbolic, or is he going to literally rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron for a thousand years, um... And I tend to lean towards that belief because uh, it's hard for me to imagine that this is what the reign of Messiah looks like. That this is, the, this is what the world looks like when Messiah is reigning and ruling. I expect a world of peace and, and righteousness, uh, which I believe is what the scriptures uh, detail. Anyway, I kind of I really just totally sidetracked there. Um, so I just found that interesting. You know, he's, he's trying to tempt Jesus with giving him the kingdoms, which Christ would receive anyway when he defeats Satan on the cross. The point I'm trying to make is, has Jesus fully taken on that role? 
Um, and I know I'm rambling. I'm not making a lot of sense. I'm trying to articulate what I'm trying to say, and it's, it's just not working out. So let's just go to the scriptures. The quote from Deuteronomy that Jesus quotes is, it could be either Deuteronomy 6.13 or Deuteronomy 10.20. I'll read both of them for you. Deuteronomy 6.13 says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. 10.20 says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shall thou serve, and to him shall thou cleave and swear by his name. Moving on, verse 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem. And he set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give these angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hand shall they bear thee up, lest that lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Now here's something that the devil's doing. And this happens in our own spiritual warfare. We see with TV evangelists and and uh, spiritual leaders who are really wolves in sheep's clothing. And that is is that, like Satan, they will use Scripture to try to trip up believers. So in this instance, you know, Satan tempts Jesus twice. Jesus responds via the Word of God. And then Satan says, okay, I will quote the Word of God myself. And so he's quoting Psalms 91 to Jesus and saying, hey, it says that uh, he'll give his that God will give you give his angels charge over you. So just like cast thyself down from this place. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter six verse sixteen, which says, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Verse thirteen in the book of Luke here. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us about all the times that, that Satan comes and tries to tempt Messiah or uh, lead him astray. Uh, but apparently, it's more than just this instance because it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Which doesn't mean forever, just means for a period of time. Which means at some point, he must have come back and attempted some of this again. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Something important to note. When Jesus resisted all these temptations he went out and he fasted he was tried and he was tested past the test he then returns full of the power of the spirit this is true for our own lives as well when the trials come and the temptation comes and you resist it and you resist it through faith in the word of god and this and the and faith being like a shield and and the word of god being your sword you come out of that stronger. You come out of that filled with the Holy Spirit. Or if you are unable to overcome it, then your faith a lot of times and it can be weakened. Um, and many of us have experienced that at different times in our lives. All right. Let's move forward. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And his custom was, 
he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, Jesus stood up, and he quoted out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. What's interesting is he, is he reads through, he reads verse 1, then he reads half of verse 2. He doesn't even finish the verse, much less the entire sentence, which is very interesting to, to, to stop in the middle of the sentence and to say this, this just shows us that the scriptures are just full of mystery and potential prophecy that we just don't get because Jesus is saying, the part, I mean, he quotes to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and then there's a comma, and there's more to the sentence. He doesn't do that part. He just, he says this part right now, half of this sentence is being fulfilled in your eyes. Now, let me read the rest of the sentence that Jesus didn't. So Jesus is saying this scripture is about me, but only this part is being fulfilled right now in your eyes, which means the rest of it is to yet be fulfilled. So here's what the scripture says. I'll just do verse 2, the verse he didn't finish. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, that's where Jesus stops. The sentence goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And then uh, if you'd like, if we have time here, I'll just go ahead and read the rest of Isaiah chapter 61 once we finish uh, our study here in chapter 4. So that was the acceptable year of the Lord. The rest of this sentence and the day of vengeance of our God is yet to come, is yet to be fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled. I just find it interesting that a half of sentence of prophecy can be fulfilled at one time while the other part could be lingering on. It just goes to show that prophecy is not for the sake of us knowing the future. It is so when it happens... We have that hindsight. When it happens, we can look at the scripture and say, our God dares to predict the future. But everyone trying to know for sure what's going to happen and how it's going to look and how it's going to play out and the timelines, that just doesn't work, friends. It just doesn't work. How many times have we all been burnt by it? Many, many times. Let me finish chapter 4 in the Gospel of Luke. And all bear witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? 
And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in the country. Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Serepata, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers, lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up to thrust him out of the city, and to lead him into the borough of the hill, wherein their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his words, word was with power. And in a synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. And when the sun was setting, all they that had sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. And that is the end of chapter 4. Now, Jesus claim that chapter 61 was about himself, or at least the first two verses were about himself, of the book of Isaiah. It's not a very long chapter, it's only actually 11 verses, uh, so I thought we would just end the broadcast today by reading the prophecy out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Uh, so let's do that. Here's what it says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give 
unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, it shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion therefore in their land they shall possess the double everlasting joy shall be unto them for i the lord love judgment i hate robbery for burnt offering i will direct their work in truth and i will make an everlasting covenant with them and their seed shall be known among the gentiles and their offspring among the people and all that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the lord hath blessed I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown into it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations that is Isaiah chapter 61 and that is the end of our study for this morning and I pray in the powerful name of Yeshua and the powerful name of Jesus that you have been blessed by all of this I want to thank those of you who support the podcast and help make this possible um, I couldn't do it without you and your generosity is far more than I deserve if you're interested in a 30-day devotional walking you through the end of days and helping you focus your eyes on Messiah, you can pick up my book, The End of Days 30-Day Devotional, by going to scriptureandprophecy.com slash book. It's currently available uh, in paperback and ebook, and the audiobook is in progress, working on it uh, as we speak. That's all I have for you today. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time. God bless.